Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrive market.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love his truth, live his truth, and spread his truth. What is up, sweet friend? Thank you so much for joining me here again on the podcast. For today's episode, I'd like to invite you to sit down with me and a warm cup of coffee or really just join me from wherever you love to tune into the show. Today, we're going to wrap up our mini-series on social media ministry. It was a Q&A of sorts. Our first part was last week. A few weeks ago, we dove headfirst into some of your amazing questions that were asked over on my Instagram about how to start an online social media ministry, all the things. You brought the fire, sweet friend, and it was such an encouraging and fruitful episode. We talked about things like what even an online ministry is, like the definition of ministry, how to start one, how to grow, and most of all, we emphasized how to glorify the Lord in it all. I'm pretty darn excited for this episode and the questions that we're going to answer today in part two. If you're pumped to hear more about social media, online ministry, practical tips, and answer your questions, or you're just curious, this is for you. We're going to start out without further ado because there's so many good things to talk about today, and we're going to start out with the kicker. So are you ready? Here we go. The first question we're going to answer today is, how do I deal with negative comments? Oof. Um, I wanted to start this episode out with a sticky one, but don't be dismayed. 
There's definitely hope here. And especially as Christians, there's some sweet and mature ways to handle these situations. I promise you. No matter who we are or where we're at with our accounts or social media, there will inevitably be negative, hateful comments. I mean, unfortunately, there are always going to be people who decide to post hateful or nasty things because either A, they're hurting and there's something deeper going on inside and they feel the need to lash out, or B, they have nothing better to do. But personally, in the past, I've tried to follow this process. I mean, call it a process, if you will. First, I try to analyze and see if there's a valid claim to their comment, meaning is there truth to their comment? Is there truth to their hateful comment, even no matter how hateful it may sound? Is there actually something I said wrongly or made a mistake to lead them to comment something nasty? Is this comment actually correcting something or trying to bring something out of nothing? I really pray, or at least I try and really pray in the moment and ask God to humble my heart to see if their comments are valid because sometimes we have to really humble ourselves to see, is my pride getting in the way? Depending on what the comment was about, this may mean that I go back and analyze what I wrote. Was there a scripture I misinterpreted? Was there something I worded wrong? Was there a perspective I didn't account for? Honestly, it may take a bit of your time, but this is crucial to step back and see the whole picture. I think a lot of times we immediately jump to the defensive with comments that aren't nice, right? It's easier to think that we're in the right all the time, but it takes some humble analyzation in the spirit to just make sure we're in the right, especially if we're posting about God's word. We always need to strive to interpret posts and share God's word and encouragement rightly. But after reflecting, if I don't see something wrong, with the help of the Spirit, obviously, I desperately strive to ignore them in love. That sounds weird, ignoring them in love, but I try my darndest to consider what they're going through and why they may be lashing out. There are so many different reasons why they may be sending hateful messages or comments, but I always try to check my heart and ask, how would responding to this person help? Emphasis on the help. Would it actually bring value to them or our relationship here or would it just harden it? Sometimes there are warranted times to respond, let me tell you. A few months ago, I got a pretty good amount of hate over my response or lack thereof due to some political issues going on in the world. But what those people who commented didn't see was that I was taking time to spend in God's word and asking for his discernment before I posted. When they lashed out, I felt the need to respond in love, explaining that I wasn't ignoring the issue, something dear to God's heart, but rather taking the time to be slow to speak, to really discern what God wanted me to say before posting. And yeah, in this instance, those hateful comments didn't stop, even after I responded calmly. Again, sometimes people just have a hard heart against something. But I've found that the majority of times, it's better to ignore, delete, or just set my phone down and walk away. <laughs> One of the biggest things I can encourage you in is to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to become angry, like James 1.9 tells us in the Bible. This practically might look like not jumping to the defensive or feeling like an internet warrior who needs to respond in that moment. We all have tempers and most of the time, discernment can be off when we don't take time. This looks like just being quick to listen to others and especially the Lord to give you the words to say or the wisdom to just walk away and let it be. Also, a quick side note before we move on, don't be afraid to use the block or remove follower button on Instagram. I used to be afraid to block someone because I didn't want to burn bridges or exclude anyone from hearing God's truth. But if someone is verbally harassing you, slandering you, or consuming your mind with anger, it is absolutely okay to block and remove. I just want to put that out there. 
Next question is, how can you run an Instagram page about the Bible and share your brand and products at the same time? Wait, okay, I love this question. When I got it on Instagram, when I read it in the question box, I got really excited because you may be surprised to know I started out on this online space with a bigger emphasis on fashion than I do now. So a few years ago, I actually had the opportunity to work for some awesome stores, Nordstrom and Anthropology. So inevitably, my love for fashion and all things and all the things grew substantially. When I started my blog and Instagram, I definitely had more of a desire to share fashion finds, products, more so, a lot more so than I do now. But although I had the heart to share fashion and such, my main focus was still on the Lord, his gospel, his truth, encouraging others to get to know the God of immeasurably more. But here's the thing. We all have hobbies, passions, and things we love, right? There's nothing wrong with that, sis, and there's certainly nothing wrong with wanting to share about it online and offline. But I love this question because it puts things in perspective of how to keep God and his truth at the forefront of our lives and ministries, yet still find a balance of sharing fun things. Whether that may be fashion, makeup, beauty, home decor, crafting, motherhood, etc. My biggest encouragement to you would be to strike up a sweet balance within your Instagram feed, blog, whatever social media channel you may have. If your goal is to center your feed slash ministry around Christ, keep that at the center. A great way to do that is to post biblical content 80% of the time and then other random things that you love 20% of the time. This will help your audience and your focus to remain on the eternal, what truly matters most. But it also opens up the door for you to be creative and share products or things that you love in hopes to help people, right? You can always connect the products you share or recommendations you give back to the Lord too. Say you have a fun makeup product, share it on your Instagram stories if you love that or in a blog post as one of your favorite products. Then maximize on this opportunity and share a tidbit about true beauty or something along those lines. Feel free to share your hobbies, interests, or things that your people may love to hear about you and buy to encourage their lives. I've noticed that a lot of my online friends come mainly for the Lord, but they also love to see the real life things I use as a way to connect on another level. Someone else asked a similar question. How can I incorporate my faith into my fashion content? So something that I began doing two years ago when I started my account, before I started posting my graphics that you see now, was shooting some fun pictures and cute outfits and then working on a caption and focused centered around God and his word. Now, I got to express my love of fashion, outfits, and posing, but the main focus or the meat of the content was the message, the caption. This is also an awesome way to incorporate both. Just start by sharing tidbits on stories, Instagram posts, sprinkling it in here and there. I believe there's absolutely room to have your main focus on the Lord and sprinkle in some lighthearted things as well. Let's just, at the end of the day, keep focusing our heart and our motivation in the proper spot, elevating the Lord and the eternal over the world and the temporary. Amen? (laughs) Another friend asks, how do I stay true as a Christian on social media platforms and how do I produce content that is appropriate for my faith? Sis, this is my motto for life, but also very much for social media. Would this help my witness for Christ or hurt it? I always strive to consider what pictures, captions, or things I may post or say before actually publishing them. We need to ask ourselves questions like these. Will what I post slash say line up with my identity as a believer? Does it display the fruits of the Spirit in my life? Does it compromise my integrity? Does it enable a sin in my life? Would posting this picture point someone to Christ or away from Christ? 
These are all questions that we need to ask ourselves. Now, it may seem like a lot, but let's get serious here. Our witness for Christ is a serious thing. We're called to be salt and light, as Matthew 5 says, right? Actually, if we've given our lives to Christ, we are, emphasis on the R, salt and light. It becomes a part of our identity. So the question becomes whether or not we're invading the world with his light and salt. And this call includes online too. Every area of our lives, we are salt and light in him. But here's the thing, our salt and light can be corrupted if we aren't living for the Lord and practicing it in our lives humbly. This is why we need to be so diligent, so serious about what we post and say and live just like this lovely sis asked in this question. Staying true as a Christian and living up to our identity in Christ goes hand in hand with posting appropriate content like she asked. Sure, it can be tempting to want to conform to the world's standards and post whatever, even the inappropriate. It's trendy and could potentially get more views or likes. But here's the thing. Is it worth it? Is it worth some vanity metrics, extra likes and views if we're dishonoring the Lord? If we're not staying true to our Savior and the better way of life he has for us? As I've thought about this question, I would encourage us all to take some time and think about what we want to achieve with our social media platforms and really in life in general, but for this episode, social media. Let's consider our main goal and then think about what we can post to achieve that. Strive to stray far away from posting provocative pictures, remembering these two things. Number one, this is not the life and integrity God has called us to in Christ. We have a better way to live, one that doesn't need to be desperate for the wrong attention, but one that can shine because God, the Almighty, is in it. And two, posting provocative or inappropriate content, whether that be words, posts, reshares, will not get through to the heart of the people we want to encourage. It just won't. It'll be a major turnoff. So let's remember that if we want to reach the world for Christ, we don't have to lower our standards or try to post inappropriate content for any vanity metrics. The eternal value of sharing the good news far outweighs any of that. So let's get creative with our picture taking and our writing. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash truth talks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here's the awesome news is you have a unique style that does not need to be covered up by the inappropriate. Another quick tip is to examine who you're following and what you tend to look at online. Although people may not see what you're looking at, we do need to be aware of who we follow and what we consume. That also plays into staying true to our identity in Christ. If we're constantly filling our minds with the inappropriate or the foul online, it will seep into our hearts and lives. Even if we don't realize it, it will eventually harden our hearts to the evil or inappropriate and we'll be desensitized to it. This is about striving to keep our lives consistent, both online and off. Cut out, unfollow, block, or even take a social media break or fast if you're struggling online with inappropriate accounts of all kinds. It's so available on our feeds, explore feeds, and more. It's just not worth it, sis. There is so much more for us in Christ. Moving on, the next question was, how do I improve my writing for a blog post or captions? Okay, catch me geeking out over here because your girl loves writing, and I mean loves. If you scroll back to the beginning of my Instagram feed, you'll see that I definitely had some rockier captions. Now, I don't necessarily mean that they were bad or untrue, but they stood for some improvement. You can now see that my writing style has solidified and it's gotten longer. I'm long-winded. I'm sure you can tell that by now. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) But here are a few tips from my heart to yours on how to improve your writing. The first thing I would say is to spend some time with your computer in a Word document or a pen and paper just for fun. Let go of the imaginary pressure of writing for someone or an audience. Carve out some time just to be alone with your thoughts, prayers, ideas. Let your fingers fly and just start writing. This could also be considered a brain dump, writing anything and everything down. You can write a theme piece, mock devotional, or something like that, but focus on just letting your words flow. Don't try to force or flourish too much, meaning adding too much detail or fancy words in this moment. This is just an awesome practice just to get the rhythm of writing well and down and often. If you carve out some time every week to do this, even once a week before bed or during a break, you'll notice that you have a great balance between lighthearted writing and writing for work and ministry. This is just a great practice to help you write consistently, which is a big part of improving your writing. Then once the consistency and joy is accounted for, I'd encourage you to write in steps. If you're looking to improve your writing, meaning making it flow and sound better, write in increments. Start with writing down your bare thoughts. I call this the bullet points. This can be as messy and fragmented as you like. Sometimes I do this and it's just a few words per bullet point, but it gets the idea down in paper. This is like the first step of when I write a blog post, devotional, whatever. It's basically like a glorified outline. And then from there, write your bullet points into sentences and then into paragraphs. See how this is flowing? (laughs) Once you have the shell or the unedited piece written, then go back through and flourish. A great way to flourish a piece is to use a thesaurus or one online. This is an easy way to find words that sound better, more elevated without thinking too hard. A really easy way to improve your writing. Just make sure that when you replace a word with another from the thesaurus, that you read it and make sure it sounds right and the word actually makes sense. (laughs) This is a super easy way to elevate your writing. But don't replace every word with a flourished, fancier word from a thesaurus. Otherwise, the writing may get confusing and too jumbled. Find a healthy balance and read it through a couple times to find the flow. 
My last tip for this question would be to improve your writing with a hook slash catch at the beginning of your piece. Whether you're writing a devotional, blog post, whatever, try and create a majority of your pieces with an interesting and compelling catch at the beginning. So basically, this is usually a sentence or two at the very beginning of your writing to draw someone's attention. It hooks them into reading the rest. Make sure that this hook has to do with the main message of the writing so it flows well and they get what you are telling them. You can write these hooks in many forms, questions, stories, interesting facts, anything that gets your followers or friends to see your post, stop and think, ooh, I gotta keep reading to find out more or wow, where is this going? I'm intrigued. Bottom line, just keep writing, friend. Although I just gave these tips, please don't worry about flourishing too much. Don't overthink this. Stick to the truth of God's word and the facts with the utmost love and boldness and follow the Lord into it. The cool thing is he works through so many different voices and styles and that's seriously such a gift. Next question someone asked was, do you, meaning me, do I prefer online ministry or in-person ministry? So honestly, I love both. I don't know if I have a preference or one that I love more than the other, but I definitely do more online ministry because it's my everyday job. But I am involved in person at my church and there's something so sacred, energizing, and wonderful about connecting and talking in person. We can never and should never replace in-person fellowship or one-on-one ministry for online ministry, meaning we shouldn't just stick to online because the call has always been to try our best to meet together in person. The most valuable discipleship and mentorship happens in person. I strongly believe that. There's something so tangible, real, and connecting about in-person ministry. That's how the original disciples and saints did it. But in today's day and age, people are on social media constantly. Everyone is. So that provides an amazing opportunity to spread the gospel with such a hungry and available audience. I will say that, I will say as well that I love being a part of online ministry because of my frequent health issues and that it really allows me to stay home and still work. The Lord has provided me with the bandwidth to be able to work and minister from home even when I don't feel my 100%. It's a blessing and I love getting to connect with you from all parts of the world. Another friend asks, do you ever worry about saying the wrong thing and hurting people? Wow. Um, Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. I do. It can be super intimidating to speak up and post things, no matter how many followers you have, truly. Even if there's only a few people in your following, it can be daunting to think that someone may not agree with you or question if you're saying the right thing. It's a hard thing to grasp that someone may not agree with you too, especially if you're a people pleaser. I am guilty of that attitude sometimes. But I'll let you in on a little secret right now, something that has really helped me in this area. Here it is. When we're solid in our understanding of the Lord and his word, we don't have to worry about saying the wrong thing. When we know how to read his word properly and we're following his lead, speaking and posting what and when he wants us to, it's truly freeing. Sure, the truth of the Bible isn't always pleasant and sometimes it will hurt people or offend them. But the thing about God and his word is that he isn't afraid about offending people. He's only concerned with the truth being spoken because that's truly what pierces hearts, convicts lives, and opens eyes to his love. So my biggest encouragement would be to never stop learning about God's word, studying it, digesting it, understanding it in context, being a deep, deep studier of the word. Not only will it help you in ministry, but it will deepen your love and affection for Christ in your relationship. That is stinking cool. 
Next question that we're going to cover is how to start when you only have a phone. So how to start an online ministry when you only have a phone. So this question is awesome because I'm sure many people don't have access to a computer or other gadgets that we may use in online ministry or just in technology in general. But the good news is that there are so many apps and tools you can use right from your phone. In part one of this series, I shared a few of my favorite apps that you can download for free on your phone that I use all the time. In the description of that episode, I also included a blog post with some other apps as well. So after this episode, you can go and check that for the link. The awesome thing is that you can create an Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc., all the things from your phone. The only challenging things to create without a laptop or computer is a website and a podcast, however. With a podcast, you need a good editing software and the plugins for your mics and stuff, which is way easier and more streamlined on a computer. You can start a website from your phone, but having a bigger screen and those functions on a laptop can make it easier. But this doesn't mean it's impossible. So I'd encourage you, if you feel led by the Spirit, to start with an Instagram, which you can do all from your phone. No need to have a laptop, which is awesome. You can create videos, take pictures, and even write captions from free apps you can install right now yourself. Okay, the third to last question is how to communicate God's message in a way that we can capture people's attention. Want to hear something super cool, friend? You don't need a degree or any flashy experience to convey God's message in a way that captures attention. Here's the key. Sound up for this part. (laughs) Communicating God's truth accurately. That's it. That's the answer to this question. The awesome thing is that God's word is powerful, compelling, beautiful, and attention-grabbing on its own. It does not need us to flourish it to pierce people's hearts or capture their attention. It doesn't need us to communicate it in a certain way, XYZ, in a certain writing style. You see, when a believer is operating in the spirit and his power through that person, they can trust that God's word will be communicated well. When a believer is a good studier of God's word, not taking things out of context, but speaking the truth in its entirety, they can be confident that the truth will be carried out through our willingness and most of all, God's working power in us. Also, like I mentioned before in one of the previous questions, we can focus on our writing style with slight flourishes to capture people's attention in our writing. Now, this doesn't mean to make things up, add things to the scripture, or take things out of context. No way, Jose. This just means finding your own writing style, creating compelling hooks, and inviting people to engage and respond. But bottom line, rest knowing that the power lies in God, following his word, his truth, and we're just simply the communicators. God's going to do the attention capturing. Next question is, how long did you prepare and prep for your podcast launch? So looking back, I think I took a bit longer to launch my podcast than it really needed, but I felt like it was just the right amount of time. God's timing, for me at least. From when I started preparing it to when I launched it, I think it was about five months. I had the idea brewing in my heart and mind for about a year and prayed over it, but after finally deciding to buy the microphone and do the thing, it was about five months, I think. That gave me a bunch of time to prepare, get episodes lined up, figure out the software, all while doing other things in my life too. Over those five months or so, a lot of name brainstorming, podcast equipment searching, recording, and more went down. I also gave myself a couple months of padding, meaning extra time, just in case things came up. Now, I'm not saying this has to be your timeline at all if it's in the Lord's will for you and you have the time, but 
you can definitely get a podcast up and running in a few months. And I'm really thankful I gave myself the padding side note because I ended up having a lot of big things happen in the months that the podcast launched even before got engaged, started planning a wedding, all the things. So it was really helpful. But I'd encourage you to take the time and really solidify the mission and the goal of the podcast if you can. I honestly think that you can never have enough time to prepare. Last question to wrap up this series is what made you want to start an online ministry? So honestly, it comes down to the Lord and the 1000% assurance from the promptings he had on my heart. Like I've mentioned before, I started out with the desire to share the God of immeasurably more and how I've seen him do immeasurably more in my life. It was more of a devotional diary of sorts, sharing snippets of my life with biblical themes weaved throughout to offer hope and encouragement. It was also born out of desire to serve others, equip them up, and use my spiritual gifts. I saw a need for biblical devotionals, encouragement online, and the fact that so many people didn't truly know how to read, understand, and live the word. That's really how this all came about. But as I've learned and as I would encourage you, keep your life and ministry with an open hand to the Lord. I mean, if life is really all about God and his glory, then so are my plans. Who knows what tomorrow will bring except for the Lord? It's a daily surrender, reminding myself to trust God and simply follow Him every day. It's a daily surrender, reminding myself that my life is not my own and wherever He calls me, there's an opportunity to serve Him. It's definitely not easy when we have passions, wants, and goals, but I can promise you, friend, He has immeasurably more than you could ever dream up. Friend, sister, pal, thank you so much again for carving out the time to listen to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. I will never be able to articulate just how much I love you, your friendship, and the fact that you're here. What an incredible blessing and humble honor it is to talk about all things Jesus with you here. I'm praying that each episode just draws you closer to his heart and the knowledge of how to know, love, and live for him yourself. Again, if you enjoyed today's episode, part two of this social media ministry mini-series, please make sure to take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at Miss Tara Sun and at Truth Talks with Tara. That way I can love on you, thank you, and other people can see the goodness going down here. Thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast as well. Again, it's one of the most beautiful, fruitful, and helpful ways to support this podcast and ministry. Just a few seconds of you sharing your genuine heart through a rating and review can boost the show and invite more people to know, love, and live for God with us. It was such a pleasure to hang out and chat with you again, friend. You're beautiful and beloved, and I can't wait for next week. Talk to you soon.